The United States International Trade Commission, or ITC, is authorized to prevent the importation of articles that infringe a valid U.S. patent, trademark, or copyright. In November of 2015, a majority Federal Circuit panel held that the ITC only has jurisdiction over material things and does not have jurisdiction over digital data. This decision raises a number of questions about the scope of the ITC's jurisdiction and future cases. Finnegan partner Elizabeth Niemeyer joins us now to discuss the current and future impact of the Federal Circuit's decision for the ITC. First of all, Elizabeth, could you give us a little bit of background on the Federal Circuit's approach to this case? The issues in Clear Correct came out of an ITC decision in which a company, Align, had sued two entities, Clear Correct U.S. and Clear Correct Pakistan, for technology that generally related to modern-day braces. ClearCorrect U.S. would scan a patient's mouth, create a model of the patient's teeth. That information would be electronically transmitted to ClearCorrect Pakistan, which would process the data to generate a model of the patient's teeth with the teeth straightened and at intermediate steps along the straightening process. That information, after being processed, would then be electronically transmitted back to ClearCorrect U.S., who would then print 3D models of the patient's teeth at the various iterations of the alignment, and that in turn would be used to manufacture the aligners. So the issue in ClearCorrect was purely whether or not that electronic data being sent over the Internet was an article within the definitions of the statute. The ALJ at the ITC and the Commission both found a violation based on this activity. The patents were valid and enforceable. They were infringed. There was a domestic industry, and there was an importation relating to the intellectual property rights. The issue on appeal wasn't one of infringement. It was purely whether or not the electronic data qualified as an article under 19 U.S.C. 1337A1, which is the enabling statute for the ITC. And how did the Federal Circuit conduct its analysis to reach this decision? The Federal Circuit performed what's called a Chevron analysis. That's used to determine whether or not an agency is acting within the boundaries of the statute that actually create the agency. They looked at the article and determined step one is, has Congress spoken to this issue? And then step two is, is the agency's interpretation based on a permissible reading of the statute? In doing the first step of the analysis, the Federal Circuit looked at definitions of the word article that existed in dictionaries at the time of the enactment of the statute in 1922. They looked at modern dictionaries. They looked at how the term was used throughout the statute. In part, they found that with respect to certain provisions of the statute relating to remedial orders, they found that those would be meaningless if applied to electronic data. Based on the totality of that analysis, they found that Congress intended articles to mean material things. They could have stopped at the first step, but then they went to the second step to look at, is the agency's interpretation permissible? Based on their analysis, they found that it was not. They found that the commission had based its analysis using dictionary definitions and then saying that the dictionary definitions, although not expressly including digital data, embraced a broader meaning. And the Federal Circuit basically found if they intended to embrace a broader meaning, they would have said so. So given that they couldn't find a dictionary definition that actually included digital data, the Federal Circuit found that it was not a permissible reading of the statute. 
in the end, the Federal Circuit specifically held that the Commission doesn't have jurisdiction over electronic data and reversed the finding of violation. The fact that they tied the issue as to electronic data jurisdiction can be important later on in how this decision will be interpreted in the future. It's also worth noting that Judge O'Malley wrote a concurring opinion with the majority, and she found that the statute wasn't ambiguous at all as to whether or not electronic data was encompassed by articles. She found no ambiguity so that the Chevron analysis didn't even need to be conducted. Judge Newman dissented, and she found that the statute was ambiguous and that the commission's interpretation should be given deference. So there's a majority opinion by Judge Prost, a concurrence by Judge O'Malley, and a dissent by Judge Newman, which represent three different views on how to interpret the statute on this particular issue. But in the end, they found that articles means material things, and that does not include electronic data. How does the clear, correct holding impact the ITC's power and jurisdiction? Assuming the Federal Circuit's panel decision isn't changed in any way, we'll have to see how it plays out. There has been commentary expecting that the Commission would interpret the Federal Circuit's decision narrowly and limit it to situations where the only item being imported is electronic data, but there's also Commission precedent that could make that difficult. For example, the Commission's opinion in the 845 investigation, which predates Clear Correct, and it also predates a separate Federal Circuit decision, Suprema, suggests that it could have broader implications. In that investigation, Roe had sued Netflix for infringement of its patents, which were related to software running on hardware. The commission found that Roe had not proved that the software at issue had been imported. The articles at issue were imported, but the software wasn't on the articles that were found to have been imported, and the commission also found that it didn't reside on articles that were imported into the United States. It can be a little difficult to follow all the details because of the redactions, but basically they hadn't proved importation of the software. Now, under the 845 decision, if a party fails to prove violation unless it actually proves that the electronic data had been imported, under ClearCorrect, a complainant can never prove a violation because the commission doesn't have jurisdiction over the electronic data, so it can never be found to have been imported as an article within the meaning of the statute. Now, the commission might reconcile these cases if there's a case that's brought before them and the issue is addressed, but right now it's not entirely clear how the commission might handle that issue. ITC investigations can also be expensive for the parties involved, so parties might be reluctant to bring a case to the ITC to find out how they'll rule on this issue because of the uncertainties. In the end, the ultimate impact is unknown, but at a minimum, it creates uncertainty as to how the ITC will interpret this issue and may cause some parties to reconsider whether or not they should file a complaint with the ITC. Elizabeth, what does the decision mean for software and electronic companies? Many software and electronic companies have already been migrating to making their software and software updates available over the Internet. For companies that are likely targets in the ITC, this decision will help nudge them to continue in that direction to encourage them to do so on a more expedited basis. It may also encourage companies who are considering whether or not to have software pre-installed on hardware to treat that software separate from the hardware and just have it automatically downloaded after importation as a means of avoiding being sued in the ITC and subject to its remedial orders. For companies that are patentees and considering whether or not to file a case 
with the ITC. They'll need to take a close look at this case to see whether or not it's the best forum for them or if they should perhaps take their dispute to a different forum where they may have a little less uncertainty as to how the outcome might be based on the subject matter of the case if it involves electronic data. And finally, what are the next steps in the case? There are a couple of next steps. Procedurally, the ITC and Align have filed their petitions for rehearing, and we should know the results of that within the next few months, whether or not the Federal Circuit will accept the request for rehearing and rehear it on bonk, in which case we may get a modified or possibly even the same decision a few years down the road. If the Federal Circuit does not decide to accept the request for rehearing, then we'll just have to see how the case law develops as we previously discussed. There might also be efforts to lobby Congress to modify the statute given the language in the Federal Circuit's decision which says this is an issue for Congress to resolve. But lobbying Congress can be a lengthy and unpredictable process, so no one should expect any changes to this governing statute within the next few months based on this case. What parties should really do is stay tuned. This is a decision that software companies should be monitoring closely to understand how the laws are developing relating to their business in case it may impact what decisions they want to make in the future. Our guest has been Elizabeth Niemeyer, partner at Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. For more commentary on intellectual property news and issues, to listen to other podcasts, and to receive additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan.